Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today is the perfect day. Uh, it's nice and warm and cozy in here. When it's warmer outside, I will definitely sit on the outside, but uh, it's a good coffee. I have a cafe allongé. I'm simple today, uh, not a cappuccino or my usual cafe creme. Hey, this is Tanisha in Paris. Today, we're gonna be walking around. I will be describing to you a day in my actual life what it's really like living in Paris. So not any tourist traps or any places that you would normally see on Instagram or on TikTok, but a day in a life of someone who has lived here for a while and still loves this city. So come along with me. We're going to have some fun. a.m. Dear Paris, it's really nice to meet you. Let's grab a petit déjeuner. Right now we are at a cute little brasserie cafe right off of the canal. And uh, they don't have the typical, typical French breakfast here of uh, say a croissant and a coffee, but they have a tartine and then they have scrambled eggs and they have that to go with your coffee which is nice. I do find it funny that French breakfast includes bread and bread. Some places will give you a half a baguette and also a croissant and orange juice and a coffee. And you'll typically see people just eating that outside at their neighborhood brasserie or neighborhood cafe. People are not traveling across town to eat a croissant and get a hot chocolate. You can really get that at a cafe in your neighborhood. So. Hopefully when you come here, you stay in a good neighborhood with a bunch of cafes, like 9, 10, 11, 18, 5. Those are on the smalls. You'll get a good cafe. I may be biased, but those are the ones. When I first got here, I didn't have a favorite thing about breakfast culture because there wasn't really one. There wasn't a brunch culture. There wasn't a place that I can go and get, like, say, scrambled eggs and pancakes or anything like that. I would go visit Holy Belly often because they had really good pancakes and their coffee was good. But then Holy Belly got really popular and they always have a line. So I can't visit there as often as I'd like. But there are other places now that do have um, brunch on the weekends that serve pancakes. And there are other places that I really like to go to if I really want a full breakfast. But if I just want a typical French breakfast of maybe just a scrambled egg or croissant or something like that, there are plenty of cafes in my own neighborhood and I just go there. 
my first week in Paris. That was a while ago, I don't remember. But I, I do remember it was fun, I was excited. I found, um, I was staying at an Airbnb and then I found an apartment in that first suite. I had already set up meetups that I wanted to go to because meetup.com used to be really big here and that's where everybody posted their events. And so before I came here, I was like, okay, what am I interested in? Let me get in those. So the meetups I joined were Black Expats in Paris, American Expats in Paris, and 52 Martinis. And I joined those meetup groups and Black Expats and American Expats both had events the first week I was here. So I went to those. And at the first one, I happened to meet um, a woman named Rose. And we got to talking and then she was also like, oh, I'm going to be at this other event tomorrow. We were at the American Expats event. And then she's like, I'm gonna be at this event tomorrow, you should come. I was like, oh wait, is that the Black Expats? I'm signed up for that. So we met up there, talked again, and to this day, that was eight years ago, Rose and I are still very good friends. I actually introduced Rose to her husband, so I feel like I have returned the favor for the way she has taken care of me here. So. The first week was insane, but in a good way, the first week, because I was still kind of a tourist and still acted like a tourist the first week, and so I didn't necessarily need things. Just when I started needing um, to, turn on electricity, get um, a cell phone, get a bank account. The bank account was literally the hardest thing I've ever done. I don't understand why it was so hard to give someone my money. Like, I wanna give you my money for you to hold. You're gonna charge me fee so you get something out of this. Why is it this difficult? I went to several banks before I finally was able to get a bank account. And in the expat groups on Facebook, you hear a lot of commentary, a lot of comments about getting a bank account and how hard it was for everyone. Because you need the bank account, but then you can't get the bank account without proof of address. Your proof of address is your electricity, but you can't get your electricity without a bank account. It's like, y'all stop playing games with me. Just hold my money, turn on my electricity, please. I moved here on a more permanent basis in October 2014. So stayed with a friend, stayed on her couch. January, I moved into a room and a person's um, in this woman's apartment. And uh, things with her were okay, but I noticed she had some weird behaviors and I can only pay my rent in cash. It was more cash than I could take out at one time from the bank. So I told her, I was like, I'm gonna have to pay you the first week and then the second week. And I felt uncomfortable, for whatever reason, just didn't sit right with me paying her cash. So when I would pay her, I would always send an email too. Or like, hey, left you the cash behind the desk or put the cash underneath the door, just so there would be some kind of trail or something. Fast forward, April, I go home, Unfortunately, my mom passes while I'm home. So I end up staying there longer than I had planned. So I sent this woman an email and was like, hey, this is what happened. I won't be coming back when I said I would. Because I was staying, you know, we were in the same apartment. So I didn't want her to be like, well, wait a minute. This chick was coming back in a week. I haven't seen her in three. What's going on? So I sent the email. She was like, oh, okay, fine. Fast forward some more. Ended up coming back after like four weeks. I come back, come in the apartment. She's like, oh. Hello, what are you doing here? I was like, uh, I live here? I go in the room I was staying in. The room is completely cleaned out. My stuff is like in a bag in the corner and then some stuff is sitting out on the ledge outside the window. And I'm like, uh, what happened? She was like, I didn't know you were coming back. You didn't tell me you were coming back. And I was like, I didn't know I needed to. It becomes a big deal that I'm back. 
and that I'm there. She ends up like screaming, going crazy, telling me I need to leave the apartment right then. So I'm like in tears, call Rose. And Rose is like, no, no, come over. Luckily, Rose lived walking distance from there. So I go over to Rose's place. I'm um, stay there for a while, call another friend. And we're like, okay, we're gonna go back and get your stuff tonight. We go there, go to get my stuff. She has her sister, her father, her daughter, all of these people at the apartment. When I come back, I had to leave one of my bags there that I had brought back from home. That bag is open, it's other stuff in it. So I'm like, what is happening? I'm already super fragile at the moment. So my friend is like, all right, we about to get your stuff. And the woman's like, so give me the money that you need to pay me for the uh, rent this month. It's like 10 days into the month, so you need to pay me for the 10 days. Let me do the math. So my friend was like, all right, well, you take that with her. I'm carrying her stuff outside. Her father goes to grab my friend and is physically trying to push her out the apartment. Now I'm like, this is insane. So not to go too much and make the story super sad, after all this happened, I'm like, is this a sign that I'm not supposed to be here? What am I even doing? And that also set the stage for me. Now I don't have anywhere to live. What am I doing? But the bright side of this is that was what? That was April, 2015. I am still here. I have my own apartment. I have a jobs, let's add S's on that. I have this podcast, I am healthy, I'm good. I kept going. So while the first part of that was sad and that was frustrating, I think I had an angel that just looked out for me the rest of the time here. And so whenever I felt down or frustrated, like I can't make it, I remember the last thing my mom said to me and she was like, girl, I don't know what you're doing in Paris. I don't know what your life in Paris is about or why this is even a thing, but I am happy for you that you're doing it. And then she handed me some money. So yeah, I kept going. And also, if she was still alive, she would have told me to, not told me to quit, but she would have told me to come home. When there were times where I was just like, oh, this is hard, or I'm not getting work, or I don't know what I'm doing. She just like, girl, just come home. And because it's my mom, I would have come home. But since she wasn't there to say anything, I'm like, all right, well, guess I'm just gonna keep going. There wasn't, it's like, okay, struggle it out there or struggle it out here. I mean, at least struggle it where I have the opportunity to possibly see the Eiffel Tower. So let's thug it out in Paris. <laughs> That's what we did. To someone moving to Paris now, I would tell you definitely do not have the expectation of this being America. Like really understand deep in your heart that this is not America and you have to be different. You have to be a different version of yourself, I'll say that. You have to be a different version of yourself in order to survive and thrive here because it's not America. The culture is different. The way they do business is different. The way they talk to each other is different. The way you need to move around is different. I also say come here with a plan. Everyone doesn't come here with a plan. They're like, I just want to be in Paris. Like the plan is Paris and that can't. It can work. It will take you longer and you will be frustrated often. So you need to have a better plan than just Paris. You need to think about what, what skills you have, what you can do, what you are willing to do, 
what some possibilities are. Um, you got to think about that. Twelve thirty p.m. Dear Paris, I kind of like you. Let's go get dejeuner together. So today we are going to have some lunch, just a little typical French-ish lunch, and then uh, we're gonna have some wine after that. This is kind of a typical Paris day for me. Yeah, this is a typical Paris day. I mean, I won't take you on the work part. Like you don't want to see that of me checking emails and making appointments. Like that's the boring part. But you get to experience the fun part of my day, the eating, drinking part. Stay tuned. We are walking down the street, down the canal, which I love to do because it just, I mean, when you walk by water, it just makes you feel better. It just makes everything feel better. And this is a different part of the city that people don't come to often to visit. It is a place where people just kind of live and do life things. So you have a lot of boulangeries here, a lot of bars here, a lot of tabaks where you will see people just out drinking uh, a coffee. The restaurant we're going to is called Mont Bleu and uh, it's named after a cheese. So it is known for its cheese. So you can sit in here and eat a cheese plate or different cheese dishes. You can get a cheese plate or order a wheel of brie if you like and take it away. Now that I'm here, like literally just eating a plate of cheese is a full meal, a full square meal. So the menu here is cheese and cheese and cheese, which is exciting because I actually do like cheese. I was not a, the biggest of cheese eaters before I got here, just a slice on a burger. But to be able to come here and have the amount of cheeses that you can get here, soft cheese, hard cheese, goat cheese, cow cheese. So lunch culture is, it, it is a culture. Like people actually sit down and will eat their lunch. I like that. I just love how they stop to do things here. They're very mindful of taking breaks and stopping to do things. Lunch or food in general, food times, very strict food times. You are eating like 12 to two, maybe 2.30. After that, the restaurant's probably not even open anymore. They're closing because they have to prepare for dinner service. I wouldn't say that was weird or bizarre to me. It was different and I like it. I embrace it now. People stop, they get up from their desk and they go out to eat lunch. They eat lunch with their coworkers. They're out in the restaurants. They have the ticket restaurant. If you work uh, certain places where they supplement your, they give you money to go eat lunch. I mean that, I was like, wait, they give you money to go eat lunch? And so you can use it at restaurants, you can use it for food to go in like the grocery store, but it has to be stuff that's like ready to eat, like a sandwich. Like you can't buy a bag of frozen chicken breasts with a ticket restaurant, but you can get a sandwich and some chips and a drink uh, with the ticket restaurant. Here, an appetizer is just something light to get you started with your meal. It is a plate of vegetables or you ordered the croquetas. I got the um, eggs mayo. Like that is just a little light something to get you started. It's not a heavy thing. It is not a calamari, you know, a basket of calamari. It's not a blooming onion, even though that would be kind of nice, right? So appetizer or entree, we use, we say entree as our main course in um, the States. Uh, appetizer, entree, and dessert. 
that is a very common way to serve lunch here. Even like schools serve kids lunch in three courses. And when I have gone to a French person's home, it is served in three courses. When I eat at my house, everything is on one plate. That's if I'm not eating it out the pan because I hate doing dishes. I hate doing dishes, but I like to eat, so. Fun fact, or helpful hint, I should say, is when you are eating, um, say there's a really popular restaurant or maybe like a one, two Michelin star restaurant, go there for lunch. You can get the entree plan dessert and it's a little bit cheaper too because you don't get as much food. So we ordered two different wines. I will let you taste them both to see what, ooh, this is gonna be extra fresh because he's opening it right in front of our eyes. Whenever I order something that doesn't necessarily go well with what I am going to eat, I'll just drink some and then eat and then go back and drink it after. Uh, I got this one because I didn't know what it was and I don't drink a lot from Alsace. So when I see, sometimes I'll see things on the menu, I'm like, oh, I haven't had this or I don't know what this is, so let me order it. And that's kind of what happened here. So here we are, it's Matisse. And he said, uh, so this is a white one from Alsace and it had the Matisse on it. I was like, mm, I don't think that's a grape. But he said it was a blend of Pinot Blanc, Gewürztraminer and Riesling. And I think Muscat d'Alsace, so. Here, being woman in wine, an American woman in wine in Paris, that is a unique thing. And me having a full grasp of English and a full grasp of wine from a business standpoint, especially from an American business standpoint, that's something that is very desired here. Also, sometimes this is not on purpose, and French people, I'm sorry, just sometimes with the French accent and the way they speak about wine at times, it can sound snooty. They don't mean it to be that way. But you know, just sometimes the French correction with that accent can come across and people can be kind of taken aback by that. Whereas they look at me and they talk to me and they're like, I know who this person is. I can relate to her. I can ask her all the questions. And most of the time the questions are about my life and how I got here and what I'm doing. Not even necessarily about the wine or where we're traveling to, but um, about how I got here. And they like hearing that story. They are out with, a person with a friend, and people like that. So funny story about eggs mayo. Uh, I had gone to a wine fair one day and drank a lot. So drank all of the things, tasted all of the things, had a grand time, leaving the wine fair, and I'm going to meet someone at a wine bar. So I go to meet them at this wine bar, and I'm like, I need to eat something. But since it was a wine bar, it was all just like light fare. It wasn't like, oh, let me get a burger, let me get some fries, a kebab. And I was like, oh, of mayo, like, let me get that because an egg, you know, that'll kind of soak some things up and it's kind of, you know, hearty, protein, whatever. They bring out that wire cage with the eggs in it. And then they bring me um, a little glass container of mayo. It was making all. <laughs> so I got to pick my egg. I had to crack it open myself. <laughs> I was like, y'all don't know how drunk I am. You expect me to do all that? So I was meeting a guy there, American guy. To this day, he's like, hey, Tanisha, how you doing? He's like, why don't we meet up, get some eggs? Or like, he'll message me and be like, hey, how are your eggs? Did you have an egg for breakfast? It'll just be like random things and random jokes about eggs. But yeah, I was definitely expected to look like this. The fact that I had to crack it myself, I was like, oh no, I can't. Mm -mm. 
And I didn't know how to tell him, like, I don't want this, take it back. It's so many of those moments. Uh, a funny moment where I was like, what in the world? Because uh, as you all know, I didn't know French when I came here. And uh, I went out to dinner at this restaurant, ordering dinner, looking through the menu. And I'm like, I don't know what this stuff is. A new chicken was poulet. And I'm like, I don't really want that. And I see a word and I'm like, oh, Andriette, like andouille, right? Like the sausage from Louisiana or from the South. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be delicious. I'm gonna get that. And then the waiter's like, oh, fantastic. You're gonna love it, wonderful. Like he's going crazy. So it comes out and when it comes past, you know, when they sit the plate down, it comes past my nose and I'm like, like I'm sniffing it and I'm like, this smells very familiar. I'm like, what is this? This has such a familiar smell. And then I realized, okay, Andouillette is not Andouille. Andouillette is like chitlins. So it's Andouillette is like the intestines or of a pig shoved into a sausage. So when I cut into it and looked, I was like, these are pig intestines. I was like, I mean chitlins in a sausage casing. And the chef comes out, he's like, oh, what do you think? Saying all this in French. So I'm assuming he was saying, what do you think? But he just has such an expectant, excited look in his eyes. And he's like, oh, dip it in the mustard. So I actually have to put this in my mouth because he's looking at me. So I proceed to eat a few bites. Luckily, it came with some fries. So I ate the fries. And yeah, ate a couple bites of this sausage and drank some wine. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. Merci, merci. Because that's how I said it at the time. Merci, pour le dîner. And I proceeded to leave and go to McDonald's because I needed to get that taste out of my mouth. <laughs> 3 p.m. Here, Paris. We're getting pretty close, huh? It's that time. Let's go get a goûter. I don't know what to choose. I mean, there's chocolate chip, there's triple chocolate, white chocolate macadamia. They also have a cookie for Ukraine. Like I suggested the black sesame cookie. I think I want the Nutella cookie. We are in Cookie Love, and this is owned by American Jean-Claine Curran. And uh, she has been here seven years, she told us. She's been seven years, survived the pandemic. And uh, I like a little something sweet after lunch. And they do this with the kids too. They have the little goûter. So this is a little goûter of a cookie. I got the Nutella cookie. This is a very hard choice. There were some other things that look amazing. This is what is a death of me, not cookies themselves, but me always wanting something sweet after. So if it's not a cookie or cake or something cakey, it is um, a square of chocolate. Luckily a square of chocolate isn't terrible. So I keep chocolate bars and I'll just break off a square of it. And I'm like, I have to have just a square. Walking down the street, eating my cookie, peaceful. I'm listening to an audiobook and enjoying my cookie. I'm kind of like in my own little world. And then I'll look up and be like, okay, I passed my street two minutes ago. So I need to turn around and go back to where I was going. I went with a friend to Common's concert at the Bataclan. This was before the stuff with that. And it was, it was a stand-up concert, you know, cause that's just a, kind of like a club, I guess. 
it wasn't a sit down, you get your own seat. So you go on, we stood there, listened to the music. It was fantastic. I'm a fan, I'm from Chicago, so was he, so there's that. Then after my friend was like, oh, uh, my friend wants to meet me at this hotel. And I was like, what? And she's like, no, it's a bar there, let's go. So I go there. And then that's when she tells me that her friend is Common's assistant. I was like, no way, how cool. And then I sit down and I see these two guys off to the side and they're like, oh, hey girl, hey. You know, back then I was in my prime and I had blonde hair. So there was that. And uh, in walks Common and comes to sit down at the table where I was. And he's like, hi, how are you? And he introduced himself, my name's Rashid. I'm just like, what? And he looked at me like, what? what? And I'm like, is there someone who doesn't know who your name, what your name is? Like you're introducing yourself to me? That was all mystified. So we're having a regular conversation. And then one of the guys says something. I was like, oh, okay, Southside. And then he was like, what? And I was like, I'm from the South Side of Chicago. I know. So then they come over to the table. I think they were part of like his crew or whatever. So uh, they come over to the table, we're all talking. And then my friend is like, oh yeah, Tanisha does wine, blah, blah. He's like, oh, you do wine? He's like, well, here's the list, pick some out for me. And I was like, this isn't any pressure at all. I'm up for the challenge. So I take the list and I was like, well, what kind of things do you usually drink? What kind of things do you like? Um, and he's like, oh, I like this one that I have right now. And then I, um, and I was like, can you describe it to me a little bit? And uh, I was like, okay, got it. Looked at the list, thought something that he might like, talked to the waiter ordered that and he brings out and he's like okay this is good this is good but I like the one I had before better so <laughs> so this is one of my highlights of living as a wine consultant in Paris I love the flexibility of the day I love that I get to do things like this as a part of my work. Like this is actually work. Eating cookies. And also making, eating cookies, making friends, building relationships. Meeting common was kind of cool. Six PM. Dear Paris. The day is winding down. Wanna go grab a drink? You know I love an aperitif. We are going, this place is new. They opened up last month. And I came to find them randomly, like literally just walking down the street to go to the metro. And I saw the place and was like, what is this? Because they have barrels in the window. And they, um, you can do wine in bulk or buy the glass. You can come in and fill a bottle up for you. So that is where we're going right now. Vin en ville. Vines in the city. And this is it right here. There we go. And the cool concept here is you can bring in your bottles or you can buy a bottle of wine and they fill it from their barrels. They have barrels here sitting on top of each other with a spout and you can, it's red wine, white, rosé from Bordeaux, Beaujolais, uh, Côte d'Iron, and they'll fill your bottle up or they'll fill up your pichet or fill up your glass. And you can sit here and have your wine. I like the concept. I'm drinking Common's wine. Oh. He liked Pinot Noir. So for him, um, 
And here's the thing. When people say they like Pinot Noir, I'm like, well, what are you usually drinking? And they're like, oh, California Pinot Noir. And I'm like, okay, so that's not the same as the Pinot Noir from here. So people like California Pinot Noir, I usually recommend them a Bordeaux because the flavor profile, because of the temperature in California is, um, well, in California, it's warm, so that flavor of the Pinot Noir is, is different than the flavor of the Pinot Noir in Burgundy. You know, Burgundy is cool all the time. California is hot during the day, super cool at night. Bordeaux can get a little bit warmer, but Bordeaux has the water. Bordeaux has the river near it, so you'll get the character that's a little bit different, so. I got a Bordeaux. I hope he's thinking of me like I'm thinking of him. I'm drinking that. And that Bordeaux is a blend of Cabernet Franc, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Merlot. How much of one or the other that's in the blend depends on specifically where in Bordeaux it's from. If it's from left bank versus right bank, you can kind of gauge if there's more Cabernet Sauvignon or more Merlot. This one, I have no idea. Just swirl it. You all have been listening long enough. You know how to taste wine. Sniff. Smells good, earthy. A little oak. Smell a little green pepper, a little green something, a little leafy something in here. Ah, ooh, spicy. And not spicy like hot, but spicy like a, I taste like a peppery, very mouth coating, long finish. I can still taste it in my mouth. It's a good flavor. Top five recommendations. One, have a plan. Two, don't overthink it. Three, know some French. Four, dispel all your ideas, ideals, and myths of how it was when you came here to visit as a tourist. Five, get a French boyfriend right away. Get a French partner right away, like immediately. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I like just a little snack. Like what we have here with us right now, we have um, wine and some potato chips. To know me is to know my number one favorite snack is potato chips. Because they're salty. I love a salty chip. Sometimes it goes with the wine, sometimes it does not. Now salty chips and uh, champagne are amazing. That is a delicious treat. But also salty chips and white wine go fine. All right, I'm gonna give you every day of the week and you gotta give me the name of the wine, all right? I'm gonna do a rapid fire. Monday. Rosé. Tuesday. That Bordeaux. Wednesday. Wine Wednesday, Burgundy. Thursday. Rome Valley. Friday. Rome Valley again, but like fancy Rome Valley. <laughs> Saturday. Probably Rosé, because I'm drinking earlier. Sunday. I'm also drinking earlier, might be something sparkling. Okay. Sunday okay. might be champagne or cremant, you know. And that's because I'm, I might be drinking at 2, 3. 2, 3 p.m.? Yeah, it's Sunday. I mean, you know, we're out. <laughs> and I also love a spritz. Sorry, I left that out. I also love a spritz. A wine spritzer? Like an Aperol spritz or a San Germain spritz. Oh, yes, but that's more summer, spring, summer. It needs to be warmer for that. Paris is? Paris is eventful. Wine is? Wine is delicious. My life here is? My life here is amazing. Parisians are? Parisians are bizarre. <laughs> French food is? French food is buttery. French style is? French style is a uniform. Favorite arrondissement is? My favorite arrondissement is the 10th.
All right, this or that, wine edition. Left bank or right bank? Right bank. Croissant or pain au chocolat? Croissant. Water or wine? What? <laughs> Monda or raclette? Raclette. Uh, steak frites or steak tartare? Steak frites. Beret or banana? Beret. Metro or bike? As I wear a bandana. Metro. <laughs> Terras or rooftop? Terras. And Louvre or Palais de Tokyo? Palais de Tokyo. Pierre Hermé ou La Bohème? Pierre Hermé. Dumago ou Café de Fleurs? Dumago. Crêpe ou gaufre? Gaufre. Avec de poulet frit. <laughs> And Paris, Chicago. Duh. I have no idea. <laughs> Final thoughts. This has been a super fun season to make. I have really enjoyed uh, speaking with everyone, recording with everyone. A lot of the things that we talked about are already new, but hearing other people's experiences and knowing that they were similar to mine, it makes sense why a lot of Americans come here and kind of stick together. You meet people from all different walks of life doing all different kind of things. And of course, the people that we talked to this season were in food and beverage. And it's interesting because we share this common thing of being an expat and that common I guess struggle, triumph, learning the language, all of that, it does bring us together. And we wouldn't have necessarily met, had a reason to meet, or even be friends if I didn't live in Paris, or if we didn't live in Paris or France together. We would have never met. We wouldn't have had that, that common thing. So that. Final thoughts on life in Paris. It has its ups and downs. I'm not going to say that it is all rainbows and unicorns. I don't sleep in the Eiffel Tower. I have bad days, but I have amazing days. At the end of the day, I think about the opportunities that I have had while living here, and they are like none other. I have done things that I have never thought I could do. I've learned more about myself living here. There are experiences I've had that I didn't even know existed. I have seen beautiful places. I have traveled amazing places. I have stayed at fancy hotels. I have drunk the finest of wines. And I hung out with Common for a little bit. And got to meet people that I wouldn't have gotten to meet in the States. Because someone coming to Chicago or DC, like, okay, they have their own things to do there. But to come to Paris, people are like, oh, wow, I know someone in Paris. Let's go hang out with that person. So I do make a point to when people reach out to me, if I can meet up with them, I do. but. Um, at the very least, when people reach out, I absolutely respond back. So anyone listening, slide in the DMs. I'll respond to you. If you want to take me to dinner when you come to Paris, I will dine with you. I will go to a wine bar with you, like, without hesitation. I think this is a whole exercise in getting out of what, maybe getting out of your comfort zone or what you think you know. Like, yeah, social media, Instagram, TikTok, and all that. Those are good places to find out where to go. But Paris is really a place that I want you to get out and explore. Like, take a map to get you to a place. Like, I don't want you somewhere lost. Like what Tanisha told me in the podcast, to just go and get lost. No, don't get lost. But get off the metro somewhere and just walk around. Like, don't necessarily have a destination in mind. Don't have this tight list of, I need to go to this place and this place and this place. Explore, see, do, taste. 
don't have this, you know, real precise checklist and do something that you would normally do. Like eat escargot, try frog legs. Don't try Andouillette though. I'm just telling you right now, don't, that's not, that's not, that might be a stretch, but um, escargot is not bad. Thank you for such a fun day. It started off bitterly cold, going to get coffee. Then it continued to be bitterly cold as we walked to lunch, but lunch was very warming. It was delicious. I mean, cheese, to be able to go and eat the amount of cheese we eat here is insane. So a cheesy lunch, literally and figuratively. Having wine with lunch, having a little bit of dessert, and then taking some time to mosey on for a little apero, wine and chips. This is how I wanna end most of my days. Chips and wine. Thank you for listening to Wine School Dropout. This podcast was produced by Studio Ochenta and hosted by me, Tanisha Townsend. Our executive producer is Lori Martinez. Sound design and production by Luis Lopez and Kiara Santella. Production coordination by Catalina Oyos. Our theme was done by Gabrielle DeMasso. Music is by Makai Beats. Our art is by Tiffany DeLune. Follow us at Wine School Dropout on Instagram. If you'd like the show, tell a friend about it and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, sit back, relax, and have a glass. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.